this is Sophie Wilson, and you are listening to the Slow Boat Sailing Podcast. Welcome to the Slow Boat Sailing Podcast. This is Linus Wilson. I had the pleasure of speaking to Kawika Crivello of the sailing vessel Hokulea, which is a traditional Polynesian sailing canoe. And you should really check out the picture that Kawika took for the Slow Boat Sailing Podcast. It is a 61 and a half foot by 15 and a half foot double hauled canoe with pretty cool looking sails. And they have been sailing that boat for the last 40 years. And over the last couple years, they've been sailing it around the world, starting in Hawaii, where it is based. And uh, they have sailed all the way to the British Virgin Islands by the time I talked to them. And by the end of March, they should be in Cuba. And they might be meeting some very important people there in Cuba. They'll be visiting the rest of the East Coast later on this year before I assume they'll turn towards Hawaii. Now, Kawika Gravello is a very interesting character. You should check out uh, him on the Polynesian Voyaging Society website. They have a really great website. And he's one of the crew members, but I, I you know, I'm only sad that I didn't get to talk to more crew members, but they they have a really big offshore sailing schedule and to catch them when they have their cell phones on uh, is kind of tough. I apologize, wasn't able to get him in front of a computer so we could have had better sound quality, although I think it was pretty good uh, for a cell phone. I'm pleased to announce that the MP3 version for How to Sail Around the World Part-Time is available on amazon.com it's under the album section as is the the hard copy cd if you you prefer to have something in your hands but i think that's great for audio files and as always uh, or as it has been for a great deal of time uh, maybe not always it it's on sale for 99 cents in kindle ebook format and you could also pick it up in paperback how to Sail Around the World part-time dispels many of the myths uh, that keep people from leaving the dock and the misconceptions that put a premature end to their voyage. Not only is uh, Kawika Crivello a great sailor and a great adventurer, and uh, as is all the crew of Hokulea and the Polynesian Navigation Society, uh, but he's a very spiritual guy, and I think he offers a really interesting contrast to uh, me or, or any of uh, most of the other guests that we've had on. And I really enjoyed listening to him. I think he's got a lot of wisdom, and he taught me a lot. So let's talk to Kawika Crivello of the traditional Polynesian sailing vessel Hokulea. Aloha. Aloha. How are you? How are you? 
Uh, I'm very good. Wow, I didn't. I, I'm surprised that you would be taking calls in the BVI. You're probably visiting about the same time the president is supposed to visit, and uh, the Rolling Stones are coming? Yes, so, so we've heard. Um, we hear about the uh, Obama thing being that we're in a coordination with them on our New York visit, the UN and uh, the White House, the people mentioned to our leadership that they'll be in New York, uh, they'll be in uh, Cuba. So, uh, and he knows all about Hokulea. He grew up in Hawaii, so who knows? It might be a visit. <laughs> Obama and Nainoa, uh, our head navigator, went to the same uh, high school, so we didn't know each other personally. Wow. What's the name of the head navigator? Nainoa uh, Thompson. So, Kawika, I was looking on the website and uh, I saw that your position was crew, and they've got lots of picture or they got some pictures of you holding a very heavy looking tiller ah uh, yes that's our hoi uli uh, we call it in Nahuan language that's our steering blade and uh, that's pretty much my specialty um, when they ask me and then they cross in a rough ocean um, for those that have not visited the website you could be the stud double for the rock the movie star because you look very fit oh. to surf when we visited Honolulu. I didn't take a lesson I should have. And I could uh, not I could not stand up on the board. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I've been surfing since I was oh, God, three, about three years old. Three, four years old. So um we live right in front of a beach, raised in a in the water, in the ocean of course, you know Hawaii. That's that's a pretty common story. Um but uh, what what took off was uh, you know at a young age, um, you know I did a lot of deep sea paddling and, and uh, deep sea sailing. So uh, as far as surfing and deep sea stuff, taking uh, them out hundreds of miles and thousands of miles out of nowhere, around Hokulea and other uh, sailing canoes back in Hawaii, so very very very. As you know, you know, you, get, you need to be comfortable when you're out there. And it, it's not an innovation of something. You either have it or you don't. But, uh, I feel quite at home when I'm out there. And be blue, the farther, the better. With Hokulea, uh, is, is this your first time doing kind of blue water passage making? Or did you do a no. lot of ocean sailing you before Hokulea? No, no, I sailed Rapanui, uh, Tahiti prior to this in the 90s. I sailed to the Marquesas Islands, uh, 
on sale to from New Zealand to Australia uh, across the Tasman Sea. But no, no, this is not my first deep sea uh, experience. I'm hopefully not. Oh, wow. That's amazing. Were some of those canoes or were those monohulls? What were they? Uh, actually, all my long deep sea voyages have been with uh, hopefully uh, other canoes. Um, I've done other Australia back at home in uh, Hawaii. Every lake that I've done uh, on the deep sea voyage since I was uh, younger, uh, in my 20s, um, the 90s, has been with Hokulea. And it's a really, really um, hard to get chosen, to get picked to uh, this particular canoe. We call it our mother. And normally, I mean, I'm not saying I'm the best, but they, they choose the best of the best on this uh, particular canoe. Uh, how many canoes does the Polynesian Voyaging Society have? We have, uh, well, this one, another one, uh, and uh, three right now, active. Hokulea, Kianalia, and the other one is Hawaiiloa. And uh, Hawaiiloa is, uh, they're both considered the sister canoes of Hokulea. Great. And, and the latest, uh, if you go on our website, the latest one is Kianalia, so it's much more uh, chonic. That's more our scientific box that we use to go around and educate the purpose. Most of our scientists and educators are on board on, on, on that. But they're not with us on this worldwide voyage right now. So, Hokulea is about 40 years old, is that right? 41 yesterday. Oh, awesome. Well, happy birthday, Hokulea. Yes. Uh, 41 years old yesterday. So hence the reason why we um, we had an educational um, outreach yesterday with uh, children and and students and uh, the quote unquote community of the British Virgin Islands. So quite nice to um, have our host people uh, celebrate with us um, through prayer, through chants, and through our old, uh, and then we, we get to share our story with them, which they truly, truly appreciate it, and we've learned uh, quite a bit, and every place we stop, we've always learned the different people, the cultures, to connect, and uh, like-minded people, by forming a network to Malama Honua to take care of Mother Earth, um, the ocean, and uh, to perpetuate, and uh, who better to, be, to speak to our children, our next generation, to carry on that responsibility, and uh, to, um, to hopefully... Um, ignite them and, and uh, help them build that passion to be future leaders of that. So the Polynesian Voyaging Society, it's roughly as old as Hokulea? Is that right? Yes. yes. Um, so I was reading the website and it said that all the Polynesian navigators were lost in Hawaii, but they found one that was willing to teach them uh, in another part of the, from another part of the Pacific, is that right? Yes, in Sarawa, Yes, Mau uh, Piaulo. Um, you know, we, without Mau, uh, it wouldn't be a Hokulea today. Uh, it wouldn't be voyaging. Uh, and through him, you know, he um, you know he chose five of our elders, if you will, to hand down the knowledge of the ancient navigation of celestial moon, stars, wind. Uh, sun, you know, uh, creatures, birds, 
yeah, so he, years and years of uh, training. Uh, we have five navigators, and now has passed away uh, and handed down that, that craft to our, uh, yeah, and we lost that tradition. And there are reasons why these traditions are lost, but it was found by one, and uh, now we have the first generation of Hawaiians, which is those five, and then we have an up-and-coming new ones that are learning uh, the traditions too from them. So you have apprentice navigators aboard? Yes. We have apprentice navigator and we have a pole. We call it pole, master navigator on board. But for the most part, um, most of us have been training for years um, in, in the art of doing that. Um, through our navigators, uh, but then we have specific ones that uh, that train fully for it. Uh, like I said, everybody has a responsibility, and uh, we have our apprentice navigator with our pole navigator on on every leg of the shoreline voyage. So, tell me uh, maybe some of the tips of uh, Polynesian navigation that you would be willing to share with the listeners. Well, uh, what are some of the tips? Um, well, first and foremost, you know, before we get on board, uh, and part of the traditions of our teachings is that we, we go through a cleanse, uh, uh, a spiritual cleanse, uh, and uh, we release all negative um, energy, if there is any, um, and we let that go. Uh, we never bring that on board. We never take that to the ocean. Um, because somehow it finds its way to manifest itself and there's no clarity. So that's the first step, to clean um, spiritually and to clear your mind. Um, and, uh, and then from there, um, you know, our point of destination, um, of course, is four, four quadrants. Uh, and wherever we're going, north, east, south, or west, um, we pick our star lines, a certain we pick a quadrant, and from there we pick a star line. Uh, we pick what we call a house that it rises, and depends on the equinox, the degrees of the horizon that it uh, rises from, uh, the setting of the sun. Uh, so at night, uh, we're constantly keeping the canoe, the va'a, on a certain star. Uh, when that changes, uh, we always, you know, we try to use the north star, which never moves, and depends again what uh, where we are. Um, as the equator line, and uh, if not, now we do. Uh, we don't see the stars. You know, if we're during it uh, during the moon phase, uh, and we have a Hawaiian names for certain moons. Every moon, but certain uh, hoku meaning the uh, when it's full, akua. We use the moon, and that seems to be one of our best reference. Uh, and we use it again off the hull. Uh, off the manu of the canoe, like so many degrees or so many, you know, as far as our season. So, yeah, we choose our star lines, and through the night, we follow it, and there's four different, most of the time, it's two that are rollover, and uh, we keep it, and as soon as the sun rises, we take a certain point, we do a, uh, a reference point, a reading, we take in uh, the direction of our wind, our swell direction, and the rhythm of the canoe. And during the day, we stay with that. It's actually harder to navigate during the day um, because other than the swells and the wind, 
there's, there's really nothing else, and, and the sun, but there's really nothing else to go by. Where at, at night, it's pretty easy for us because we, we know the star lines uh, very well. Um, but it's more uh, of a rhythm of the ocean and, and the wind. And what it's, when we set our destination point, for the most part, the rhythm stays the same. And if it changes a lot of times, the weather changes, it takes a different rhythm. Uh, we need to uh, be on task of that point in the time the winds change or the soil directions change. And if we go a little off course and we need to go down, see a storm, go with the storm, we need to recalibrate and know how far off we went. And again, those really complicated. We have a really complicated, as far as if I was to tell you over the phone, um, it wouldn't do it any justice. Uh, we have it in our minds of the point of where we went off and to get back on point, we'll take a reading off the star line we'll work our way back up um, to our, our run line and get back on course. But for the most part, again, the stars, the moon, the sun, the wind, and uh, we call it houses. What houses do the sun, sun, I mean, each star lives in? And what, uh, what stars come out of um, particular houses? And we actually have the the houses in the horizon, Allah, Aina, Noyo, Manon, Naleo, Alani, and then it's east, and uh, we'll, we'll go ahead and have another name all the way to the, the north, south. I think that makes sense, but that's the best I can explain to you over the phone. If you were here on the canoe, uh, we could give you, uh, it would make much better sense, and we'll give you a better uh, explanation of it visually. Oh, that sounds, does that make sense? Yeah, it does. It makes very good sense. I think you gave a very good short overview of the things that you're looking for. Yeah, yeah. And again, a, a lot of it is the spiritual component of it. When we do uh, navigation uh, the ancient way, uh, it's for us to be in tune uh, with Mother Nature. And the beautiful thing about it is She's honest. She doesn't sway for you, you know, for you. What you see is is basically the strength and uh, the beauty of um, um, who she is. We find the calmness of it. We find the beauty of it. Where most people, if they were to come on board, and uh, and I think that's for the most part in, in all water people, sailors are like that. You know, we have to be one with it. And when you become and find that that sense of clarity to be one with it you find the beauty of it and when you uh, understand it you know, when you understand it uh, it's easy to see the beauty in it even in 25 to 30 foot seas the winds that are blowing so hard that you can't hear a conversation five feet away there's beauty in that too i want to get back to your storm stories but I, I really liked what you said to start out with that you before you do anything, you needed to get rid of all the negativity before you go on board. Because a, a, a so, sailboat yeah. is a small place, whether it's a sailing canoe or a sailboat, and yeah, it's great that the crew makes a, a habit of that to be as positive as they can before they, they start a journey. Yeah. And we in the whole, um, the whole language, we call that pono. 
Are you Pono? And that's one of the questions before you come on board. Are you Pono? Are you balanced? And, uh, you know, a lot of it is an unspoken thing where you'll see it whether you are or not. You know, it's, it's an unspoken thing. And and, and, uh, and that's important to be Pono, to be balanced, to, to have clarity. When did you join the crew of Hokulea on its uh, circumnavigation? I joined the crew in 1994 um, as a youngster, um, being raised in the water. Uh, like I said, surfing, paddling, uh, you know. Uh, I went away, I, I went to college. Uh, I graduated. Uh, I did all the educational things. Uh, I, I'm a counselor now. Uh, but, it, you know, I've never lost touch with that as much as I could. Uh, I would always be in the ocean still, even in college, even though it was in another island. Um, it was an elder that would, that I knew, uh, and many elders, and I knew a lot of the original crew members. Uh, they were uncles of mine or, or friends of the family, and uh, they would watch me in, uh, in the water as a youngster, and as I grew older, um, I was asked, which is a blessing, that if I would be interested in um, participating uh, the Hokulea, on the Hokulea voyage, which was to Rapa Nui to close a, close a Polynesian Triangle at that time. It's been to Tahiti, Samoa, New Zealand, and many other places in the Polynesian Triangle, and uh, the only place that it hasn't been was Rapa Nui. Um, so I was asked to participate in that lake in 1999, uh, in that voyage. And Rapa Nui is, is commonly known as Easter, Easter Island. Island, yeah. Island, yes. So I actually sailed up from Rapa Nui to Tahiti uh, when we switched crews, and that was my first voyage, deep sea voyage, the uh, Hawaii legends um, that I sailed with, and I learned so much from them ever since then. I've been um, blessed to be a part of the crew on Hokulea. So I think one of the maybe misconceptions of folks that haven't really read about the you know the polynesian settlement of the pacific is that there's this contiki myth that is pretty common yeah that was the basis of the challenge that we were told as a, as a people that we basically drifted by current and just so happened stumbled on the islands and uh, almost to a part of you know doubting and, and um degrading our our people and our ancestors and, and our elders' capabilities of um, what they learned. And, Thor yeah. Heyerdahl did a raft, which he took to uh, French Polynesia, I think, from mm-hmm. mainland South America. And most modern sailors, I would say, would think that that's fairly natural in the sense that the trade winds tend to blow you uh, from the Eastern Pacific to the Western Pacific. Right. But what I've read since is that, and you're alluding to that, is that there's not, the archaeological evidence seems to indicate that the Polynesians uh, populated the Pacific from West to East. And Hawaii was one of the kind of last places to be populated, as was the Marquesas. How did the Polynesian navigators, how do you and Hokulea kind of beat the trade winds? Um, you know, a, a lot of it is uh, 
told through our stories of our melons and our chants, specific um, uh, navigational um, points and, and, and um, through our kuhiko, through our old, old kumomiko, through our old chants, it literally tells you the ways of our ancestors in a way that they, um, they voyage through. And literally, the star lines and, and uh, you know, the times of the, the, the year that they would come back and forth um, to the Polynesian um, um, waves uh, of um, sea waves, currents, and, and uh, upwind or downwind. So a lot of our teachings and Mao's teachings were based off of old, handed down, mo'olelo, uh, ike knowledge, um, and it was just up to us to re- redo it, retrace it. Um, so, you know, um, many people have written history of it. Um, though scholars and scientists challenge uh, as far as, you know, to agree with um, Kotingal. And, you know. uh, so what yeah. you're saying is that uh, Hokulea uh, and the, the earlier Polynesian navigators took advantage of various seasons and shifts in currents uh, to move definitely, east definitely. and then Pacific. we have it all named out those are you know during our makahiki uh, season we have uh, we would use different trees or flowers and when they flower you know it's good to go voyaging um, when certain ones uh, or, or they don't flower uh, when trees flower um, for the most part we're very mindful um, to not to go um, because naturally, yeah, when trees flower, um, nature is talking to each other. The wind blows the seeds off of the flowers, off of the trees, and that's when you know it spreads its youth, um, its youngsters, and and uh, so those are little things that we look at uh, of knowing when to go, when not to go, uh, and many other signs of nature. But those are handed down from us many, 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 many generations. So when we were challenged, I mean, it wasn't hard for us to prove it wrong, uh, and, and and we've been doing it ever since. So that was about when we had to get off the phone because uh, Kawika had to be in a crew meeting. Uh, we had hoped to reconnect, but we never made it uh, before they departed for Cuba. I want to say thank you to Slowboat Sailing's sponsors for the Panama trip. They are Revere Survival. We will have a Revere Survival Offshore Commander 2.0 life raft on the slow boat as it makes its way to Panama. We'll also have a Fiorentino para-anchor, the best sea anchor on the market. And we will be using a Mantis anchor on our bow roller. Mantis makes excellent third generation anchors that have excellent holding power and can be taken apart for easy storage. To see links to these products and to the show notes in the blog and the Polynesian Voyaging Society and Hokulea and of course my books How to Sail Around the World in Slow Boat to the Bahamas go to slowboatsailing.com. 
Hi, I'm Jana Wilson. Thank you for listening to the Slow Boat Sailing Podcast. Subscribe to our free newsletter at slowboatsailing.com.